Good evening and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley, the WDIY program presented with our friends from the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. I'd like to welcome Becky Bradley, of course, the Executive Director of the Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, its Managing Editor. Welcome back, Becky and Matt. Good evening. This evening, we have a very interesting program with the Lehigh Northampton Airport Authority Executive Director, Tom Stout. Mr. Stout has over 25 years in professional aviation and was named Executive Director of LVIA in 2018. Mr. Stout and the Authority operate a three-airport system of Lehigh Valley airports. Lehigh Valley International, of course, ABE as we know it, Queen City Airport in the city of Allentown, and Braden Air Park in Forks Township. The three airports generate more than a half a billion dollars in business revenue and support more than 6,000 direct and indirect jobs in the region. ABE is host to nearly a million passengers a year in its rapidly growing cargo operation handled 118 million tons of freight in 2022. Tom Stout, welcome back to WDIY. Hey, good evening. Thanks for having me. Tom, we all like to order things and have it delivered quickly to our doorstep, don't we? Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> Matt, we're talking about yes. what you half jokingly call our stuff economy. What do you mean by that? First, to our online shopping economy in this region's growing place in this global trend uh, it refers to all the stuff we order on our phones and, and how it impacts our lives. You know, it, when you think about it, it touches um, so many aspects of life in the Lehigh Valley, from the vehicles that are on our roads to how we develop land and even the kinds of development that we're seeing. You know, in the past, I think we've talked about almost every show about why this has so much impact here in the Lehigh Valley compared to other places. I mean, we're really uniquely located to be at the sort of epicenter for this online economy. We're within a single trucker shift of like 100 million consumers. So that really makes us an attractive place for companies that need to deliver all this stuff. And if there were a radius that you could draw around LVIA, does it go as far as Philly and New York or uh, Harrisburg? Beyond. Um, if you look at our commodity flows, and that's just nerd speak for uh, how cargo is moving around just by truck, right? And remember, cargo is inherently multimodal. So that means that, you know, it can be coming in to ABE by plane, but then it's got to be picked up from there and go someplace else. So it's going to be trucked to some sort of um, distribution facility or a logistics center. And then it waits till you order it. Or like in the case of FedEx Ground, it'll move from that facility to um, another truck and go someplace else. So you really have to look at freight overall is inherently global. I mean, things could be coming in from other countries. In fact, they do. They often land on a ship at the port of New York and New Jersey. Um, and then they could be what they call drayed, which is just freight terminology for moved, uh, freight moving, drayed from the port onto a train and dropped off at the Lehigh Valley over in South Bethlehem or in Allentown. Or it could be trucked from the port into the valley, moved to a facility that then goes on to a plane at ABE and then flies out and goes someplace else. So it's really, really interconnected. So our catchment area is 
enormous. In fact, we're working on a freight plan right now with our neighboring communities and our neighboring regions. And so through that, we'll be releasing over the next couple of months information on what that freight profile actually looks like. I'm always amazed at how fast, how quickly we get this stuff when we order it. I mean, it's like in some cases, it's within 24 hours. I ordered some coffee pods the other day and boom, they were there the next day. I mean, they got it. It's incredible. It is. And I think that's the expectation, right, of consumers. Um, and you really, Amazon led that charge, you know, as as much as a, a going on a decade at, at this point with start off with a two-day delivery. And now in certain locations, they're doing things within an hour or two. So I think that our expectations are different than they were even a very short time ago. So that then creates more traffic of all kinds, including air traffic. Tom, it's uh, apparently not just on our roadways. It's got to get here. How has this affected the air cargo that you see at Lehigh Valley International? Well, you know, certainly we were just, you know, hearing about Amazon and uh, all of the package that that we receive from them and how quickly uh, they're getting coffee to your door, Greg. Uh, certainly, this was a, a change for us when we look back at, you know, 2015 and in, in that September timeframe, Amazon Air started our cargo service here at ABE. Certainly, we had Amazon service to our doorstep prior to that, but really being able to serve this region, we've seen a tremendous boom in the amount of, of cargo, the amount of freight coming through the facility. And that's that's really grown almost 600% since that 2015 timeframe. So you've seen tremendous growth in, in those uh, parcel deliveries, you know, the, the quick ship parcels that we're, that we're all talking about. And that's, that's really made a significant difference. Our, our cargo staff, just the number of employees here has doubled. We have nearly 300 employees at the airport just dedicated to uh, the cargo operations between uh, FedEx and Amazon. So it's, it's really grown exponentially. What's happening here, it's something that, you know, we really had to, uh, to start thinking about in terms of master planning for the airport as, as we quickly uh, are filling up our air cargo aircraft aprons and space on, on the airport. When those planes uh, go back to where they came from, are they carrying product also? They are. So this isn't just uh, bringing goods into the Lehigh Valley. There's a lot of product that's taken out of here as well. So when we kind of look at how that breaks out, a lot of product, um, you know, just for the month of June, we had over 11 million pounds of uh, freight that was uh, put on airplanes to take out of the Lehigh Valley. Only 10 million, if we can say only 10, only 10 million pounds uh, was actually brought into the Lehigh Valley. So we actually shipped more out than we brought in for the month of June. And we see those numbers running pretty close uh, from month to month. But to your point, it's, it's a pretty even split. And that's um, indicative of how the packages are flowing throughout uh, the carrier's networks. Wow. Becky, you're talking about the traffic we see on the road every day. How are we doing with that? So uh, we monitor the uh, traffic in the Lehigh Valley, and we have a very um, sophisticated and long-term program that 
we literally count cars, but it's a lot more automated than sending somebody out there to count cars one at a time. But here's some just changes. And I think this is reflective of this new economy, really driven by consumer expectations for sure, and how business is done, um, not only in America, but worldwide, and as it affects our roads. So just think about this. On Route 22, our most traveled roadway, right at the Lehigh River Bridge, back in 2021, in the spring, there were like 101,000 vehicles per day that were crossing that bridge. That's increased to over 107,000 vehicles per day. So it's increased by about 6,000 vehicles. Um, When you start looking at roadways like I-78, and that doesn't just take local traffic, but it also takes through traffic through the region, where 22 does take some through traffic, but is largely taking local traffic. So when you go over to I-78, a mix of through traffic and local traffic, Back right before the pandemic hit, we were at like 66,000 vehicles per day. Into June, we were at 77,000 vehicles per day. And then when you go over to Route 309 in Coopersburg area, because you want to look at not only how your your roads that take a lot of vehicles are performing, but then some of your really critical local arterials. So if you were looking at 309 in Coopersburg, right before the pandemic, we had nearly 38,000 vehicles going through there per day. Now we're up to almost 40,000. Wow. And then when you start pulling out, like how many of those are trucks versus cars? When you look at I-78, we went from about 19,000 cars uh, per day or 19,000 trucks per day, excuse me, on um, I-78 right at the start of the pandemic to over 22,000 trucks per day. And when you look at, again, Route 22 between about this time last year and now, we've seen an increase from 13,600 trucks per day to 15,000 trucks per day. So overall traffic is increasing. Passenger vehicles, delivery vans, tractor trailers in the Lehigh Valley. But with that, then freight in particular is also increasing. But it's really increasing currently at about the same rate as passenger vehicle traffic. So there, that's a very interesting conversation to have. And it really speaks to the fact that the population of the Lehigh Valley is also growing. So you just have more. It's not just more freight, it's more people. And so more is more. And that's why um, our Lehigh Valley Transportation Study or our Transportation Board, which uh, Tom is a, a member of, as well as myself and the two county executives, the three city mayors, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, Atlanta, um, we've really worked, are working on a new strategy for how do we manage our investments in the infrastructure system to keep it at its optimal optimal performance given the resources that come in from the federal and the state government with these changing pressures on the road and bridge system as well as the transit system. Well, that's why we have you at the Planning Commission. I hope so. (laughs) Tom, (laughs) it's hard. My window looks out on the flight path and it's hard not to notice these white prime airplanes in the sky every day. How did LVIA come to be one of Amazon's biggest cargo airports? 
Well, it's it's really an interesting uh, scenario. We actually had, you know, cargo service here back uh, in the late 70s with FedEx and Airborne Express as well. Uh, a lot of the parcel, you know, the, the domestic U.S. parcel market, kind of a lot of movement of, of those packages and the overnight package delivery. And we sort of saw a lull in that activity, you know, in the late 2000s as, you know, DHL, who at the time bought Airborne Express, sort of consolidated. And we had continued to grow with those carriers over time. And and uh, we had five aircraft parking positions just for cargo airplanes uh, for those carriers. When, when DHL left uh, AVE and left the entire domestic U.S. market in, in 2009, uh, we really had some additional capacity, and it was a few years on when we received the call from companies representing Amazon that um, were interested in what space was available in this region. And we know that they were reaching out to a number of our peers as well in the Commonwealth and neighboring states. And we were fortunate in a sense at that point that we had some additional capacity because Amazon was looking to get moving pretty quickly. I think even, even in their business model, it's not just how they deliver packages, but how they look to start up a service. They, they wanted to get started, uh, you know, within two days, I think is, is how it felt. And so we were in a position that we had the space and the facilities available. And that was um, important to them. They were able to um, identify us as a, as a key airport in terms of our location and how that, you know, as we heard about from, from Matt, from Becky, and, and how that geography is, is important. And that really was was what started it all. Is uh, we had that space available, and really, it's been sort of a growing operation ever since. And we've continued to see that cargo growth even into this year. And that's uh, again just a, a symptom of the fact that you know, as Becky points out, we have more people in this uh, catchment area, and we have more folks interested in in those quick overnight and two day deliveries. Tom, the type of cargo that ends up on a plane, rather a truck or a train, is it different? Yeah, it, it sure is. I mean, again, as we're, we're zeroing in, shipping by air is certainly the fastest uh, shipping mode, especially when you're talking about long haul distances. You know, when you, when you think of shipping by air, you know, it's also nice because a lot of times you can track your shipment pretty easily while it's in transit. I think people uh, love to do that because we don't even want to wait two days anymore. Certainly, there's some size and weight restrictions for air transportation because, again, any of your heavy bulk or oversized items aren't really going to be best suited necessarily for air transportation. But again, getting back to what air transportation can do is the reach. And, uh, you know, we, we did see a lot of activity with Amazon going basically to the West Coast in California with a number of these flights. They've centralized a lot of their operation in uh their their hub now in uh, Cincinnati Northern Kentucky Airport, but um, a lot of a lot of movement and a lot of reach with packages when you think of what it takes to get some of these things delivered to your doorstep in a couple of days. Wow, Becky. Last month we talked about the four point three billion dollar long range transportation plan. Does the Lehigh Valley's growing place in the global e commerce economy change how you map out transportation for the next twenty five years? 
my gosh, yes. And again, it gets back to kind of that, uh, this is definitely some of Tom's comments for sure. And then what we see in terms of changing traffic patterns, but also where we see um, employment centers that are growing. Um, some employment centers are densifying, like downtown Allentown has increased uh, the number of office jobs through its revitalization substantially, for example. So that's become an even more concentrated employment center. But then we have emerging ones that um, are out in Lower Nazareth, let's say, with some of the industrial development happening there, or even ones that are um, intensifying industrial districts like out in uh, Upper McCungie Township at Route 100 and I-78. So we look at that. We also look at where we have population concentrations, where people live and then how they get to work. And all of those interrelationships are critical to deciding how you invest, because it sounds like a whole lot of money, but it really, really isn't. If the rehabilitation of, let's say, the hill to hill bridge is, you know, $60 million, you see how over time you can't invest everywhere all at once. Your resources are limited. So what are those priorities? So really what a long range transportation plan looks at is how can we predict based on what we know today where we're going to see future change? And that should help us predict where our investment should go over the next 25 years. Now, the beauty of it is, is we get to check those assessments every four years. And so really, that's what we're doing now with the long range transportation plan update. Obviously, the current long range transportation plan was adopted right before the pandemic took hold at the end of 2019. So some things have changed. So this is that real opportunity to say, all right, this is now what we're seeing. But you know, we really are just emerging out of that kind of pandemic period and are in certainly in a post-pandemic period. Four years from now, we'll be further through that, hopefully, and that will give us additional insight. So the good news is, is we're planning ahead, but we're doing it very cautiously and conservatively, knowing that we have to always understand how things in our community are changing, especially since our growth is so intense, and making sure that we have timely reviews of that, and we do that every four years. And then we invest based on that plan, but that investment cycle is updated every two years. So we really have that symbiotic relationship between monitoring the change and then investing based on what we're seeing to keep the transportation system whole with the limited resources that are given to us from the federal and state governments. So it's really impacted development in the Lehigh Valley and what we're seeing going up. I mean, more again, I said more is more. And yeah. I feel like I, I say that probably a little too much, but it's the truth. We can't expect things to be the way they were 10 years ago. It's an unrealistic assumption. I mean, look at the massive global change that's occurred since then. And so we have to understand where we are now and then what that means for us, not only today, but, you know, in the next five years, 10 years, even 25 years. Matt, more than 1 million square feet of self-storage facilities have been proposed in the Lehigh Valley since the last year. What's that mean? What do you think's going on? 
So self-storage isn't even a number we generally track from year to year. I mean, the numbers are in there, but it's not like a special category. But our, our chief community and regional planner, Stephen Ratko, kind of noticed something unusual going on. So he started to track it and he started to gather data. And, and that's when he found that half of all the commercial development that we got in 2022 was for self-storage facilities, which... You know, we have, I think, an 80-page uh, annual report, and and for me, that was like the most stunning stat in it, that half of our commercial development was self-storage. Steve had a couple of uh, theories on why. Steve and Becky have talked about this. I mean, some of it's what we're talking about now. We all need more space for all this stuff we're ordering. And I kind of looked it up. So it's not really just the Lehigh Valley. There's a bit of a self-storage boom going on nationwide, just as there is sort of an e-commerce boom. So that's one thing. And I, I, there was another theory that they had that, that is a little bit unique to the, the Lehigh Valley, or at least somewhat. And, and that's that people are downsizing you know, and they need space to store their stuff. You know, in the Lehigh Valley, if you look at the last boom, which was in the, in the two, 2000s, early 2000s, it was all McMansions and single family detached homes. And if you look at our, our numbers now, that's still being built, but maybe not to quite as big a homes. But there's way more twins, way more apartments, way more doubles. So so people are living in smaller uh, smaller houses. So they need storage. And and there's some downsizing, I think, for baby boomers who are sort of moving from those giant houses to smaller, in some cases, apartments or, or condos. But they're not letting go of their things, right? Exactly. And I mean, pick any streaming service and you will find a show on how to organize and how to let go of things. I mean, it it's clearly an issue that folks are dealing dealing with is, uh, you know, what do you do with your stuff? And I think letting go is like the biggest issue, right? Yeah, I guess you got to bring <laughs> in a psychologist for that. Not letting things leave. Yeah. <laughs> we now have four-story storage facilities. Yeah, yeah. We, we haven't had that before. That's crazy. Tom, Towers of goods in more than one way. So, Tom, we're going to see more on... Warehouses and self-storage yeah. facilities. I, I mean, I think that's an important line to draw. It's a very important comparison. Because the more we consume, the more places you need for it. Ooh, and it's and whether all that's get on the commercial side or on the commercial personal storage side, it's still more. And it all has to get here. With all this right. online shopping, Tom, getting a bigger and bigger part of retail purchasing, what kind of growth are you projecting in the amount of air cargo coming through LVIA? Yes, we are projecting growth for sure. You know, so far this year, we're, we're already up 32% over this time. Last year's uh, cargo numbers for the airport, which was our highest cargo volume on record. So um, you can see how we just kind of keep eclipsing uh, the last three years we thought were our best cargo years until the next year came. And we're still uh, on that trend again to, to bypass last year's record. So you know, part of what we have to do is continue to be able to provide facilities and infrastructure at the airport that meets the demand that's here. And we expanded our, our air cargo apron back in 2018 to add more capacity, but we're essentially hemmed in at that location. So we're, we're in the process of looking now, uh, Greg, at some, some other locations on the airfield that we could 
add capacity for a dedicated cargo area to continue to be able to support the demand that is is right here. We haven't talked about um, the fact that FedEx constructed their largest ground distribution hub just about two miles uh, north of the airport. And really FedEx ground packages don't touch airplanes uh, in that logistics network today, but that could change in the future. We've heard FedEx talk about that a little bit more recently. So, you know, how that translates into how packages move, uh, we certainly have to keep our finger on that pulse and make sure we have the ability to accommodate that growth um, that just seems to be coming year after year. Uh, Becky, we've got a little bit of time left. Can you tell us what to expect going forward? And will this Amazon effect slow down from your standpoint, or you think we're just going to continue to keep growing? Well, it's really interesting. We monitor the commercial real estate market very closely, especially the industrial sector. Um, and they are right now releasing their mid-year reports or and their second quarter reports is often um, combined. Uh, and so we've been tracking what that means, not only for our region. So how have rents increased? How has absorption of uh, new industrial or all industrial buildings changed? Uh, and what we know in this moment, and we'll be doing a complete report by the end of, of August on this to the LVPC full, full commission. But what we know right now is that vacancy still is extremely low in the Lehigh Valley and rents have continued to uh, increase a bit. But we've all probably read in uh, various news from various news outlets or, or heard that there's a lot of consolidation going on between the people that occupy those facilities. For example, Stitch Fix is consolidating some of its operations between several warehouse and distribution centers into one. That's a, been a very recent one. And that's a nationwide trend. So that huge boom that was necessary to some extent during the pandemic, because it was the only way we could get goods at, at the point it, for, for about a, a year or so with with any regularity, that forced a lot of those companies to just occupy space all over the place just to get things out. And it just had to happen really fast because we were in a crisis, an, a, a global crisis. Now they're reconfiguring their operations. And so that will somehow affect leases and occupation of industrial buildings over time. However, we right now don't think that it's going to impact the Lehigh Valley to the extent that you would see in some outlying areas because of that proximity to New York and Philadelphia, um, you know, a day's drive to a huge percentage of the national population and even parts of Canada. So we have, whether we want to have it or not, this real gateway role in the freight system. So there's a real correlation between 
those logistics and warehousing and manufacturing facilities and the various types of industrial uh, uses that exist in the buildings and the land themselves and our transportation network. So it is in a time of flux. Uh, so we're monitoring again what that means right now for our region and how it ties into uh, the national industrial economy and, and commercial real estate economies. Tom, you're originally an AMP person, aren't you, from, from our earlier discussions? Yeah, that's right. Uh, really started my foray into aviation with an interest in being uh, an aircraft mechanic, an airframe and power plant mechanic, and uh, received my ratings and certifications for that. Went to school, and yeah, it's it's uh, something that really started getting me passionate about aviation. Well, do you ever think you'd become a, a logistics expert? <laughs> well, the one thing for sure, uh, you know, there's there's a number of different hats you wear when you are at an airport, and so uh, I guess we'll just add that one to it. For support of WDIY, we thank Lehigh County, Northampton County, the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to the Overtime Edition of Plan Lehigh Valley. Of course, we are chatting with Tom Stout, Becky Bradley, and Matt Assad about all things LVIA, airport, all the things that are going on, uh, some very exciting things happening at our local airport. Tom, can you talk about some of the ongoing improvements that you're, that our passengers will see at ABE? Yeah, so we've got a, a really exciting project uh, that's starting to uh, uh, come online here in the next few weeks. And, um, you know, for those folks that are familiar with flying through ABE, since about 1974 or so, we've had an underground tunnel that uh, was the connection between the main terminal and the satellite concourse at, at ABE. And that long-time travel corridor is really about to change as we unveil our brand new TSA checkpoint and terminal connector project. Um, that's a, a $35 million investment. And uh, this project uh, really has, is two years in the making. We've been under construction, uh, did this during the pandemic, and uh, we're working on that ever since. But the project gets us now additional capacity, additional screening lanes for TSA. Uh, we'll have uh, three screening lanes instead of the two we have today. It also adds a lot more in terms of the escalator and elevator equipment, so a lot of redundant equipment there shortens up our walking distances and you know we even incorporated some health and safety measures um, like the installation of air purification systems uh, we're the first airport in the world to have a life air system a local lehigh valley company that uh, has their product at a lot of our hospitals and healthcare settings to reduce not just airborne pathogens but also surface contaminants and uh you know, a lot of antimicrobial and UVC uh, disinfection on our escalator handrails as well. So we've really uh, couldn't be prouder of this facility. We we also believe we'll be uh, able to achieve LEED Gold certification from a uh, environmental uh, and uh, sustainability perspective. So we're really excited about a number of facets for this project. I know a little bit about the air purification system that you're bringing in. Um, in some ways, your breezeway, if you'll call it that, or your TSA area is going to be just about as clean as a hospital room. 
That's right. For an operating right. facility. I mean, it's incredible. So uh, another reason why you want to go to our local airport here at LVIA. Becky, What when you look at this overall and all the passenger transportation, this is good for our economy, isn't it? It's tremendous. You know, one of the things that I think we all know in the Lehigh Valley, but other people have discovered, is the fact that the Lehigh Valley International Airport is an incredible asset. It is so seamless to utilize that airport, um, to not only to get to the airport, but also to get through the airport. And the project that they're doing is is only added to that. And I know um, Tom and I have been talking for a while on some reconfiguration stuff that they'll be looking at uh, with Airport Road and other things over time and how we can work together with the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation is that uh, relates to Airport Road as well. And so, again, you know, it's you're refining your system as you grow to meet the demand. So we have, you know, this incredible investment in a fantastic facility uh, with the connector. But there's more that Tom's got cooking. And we're really excited to continue to be a partner with the airport. I'll give you an example of um, something that I do fairly frequently is when I have meetings in New York City with federal highways or with um, the New York Metropolitan Transportation Council, which is a key partner for us in some freight planning activities that we do, I go to ABE and utilize their intermodal terminal there to hop on the Transbridge bus and go into the Port Authority. It's faster for me to do that, and it's cheaper for me to do that than drive there. And it also reduces the carbon footprint of my movement. And so I think it's important to note that ABE serves a lot more than just the air traffic. I've rented cars from there before because it's this great facility right in the middle of the Lehigh Valley that's easy to to get to. Um, We needed to rent a van for the office to take folks around. And so it does a lot for our economy beyond just being an airport. Tom, can you talk about Allegiant? They seem to be expanding and adding new destinations all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Allegiant has has really been a great partner. They've been here for, for over a dozen years. But what was what was really significant was right before uh, the pandemic, actually, in February of 2020, uh, Allegiant announced that they would be opening up their 18th crew base at ABE and they would be dedicating aircraft and uh, mechanics flight attendants, as well as pilots, flight flight crew members right here in the Lehigh Valley. So people that were, were shopping alongside of in the stores, those are a lot of our, our flight crew members on Allegiant that work and are based right here in the Lehigh Valley. And that was significant because we knew that having that base was really going to be able to add opportunities for new routes and additional service. And we really started to see what that means coming out of the pandemic Earlier, we we just announced um, new service to, to Denver, Colorado, which has been extremely popular. It's it's actually set a number of booking records for Allegiant. Just just how the community here has responded to to booking travel to to Denver on Allegiant, 
And we just also um, recently announced service to Melbourne, Florida. That'll that'll kick off in November. So again, on Allegiant. So you're just continuing to see their investment in this base, their investment in the community, and the community really taking advantage of that great service and that nonstop connectivity right here from um, what we think is is a such a convenient and easy to navigate uh, low stress environment here at ABE. One other thing that has recently been announced is I believe American is now allowing you to clear TSA and then hop on a, an official bus and, and get right to Philadelphia. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We just um, are in the midst of a trial program with TSA, with American Airlines and Landline, who is the motor coach operator for American in this case, and so the, the service has actually been operating since June of last year. But, you know, as Becky alluded to out at our, our multimodal transportation facility where you can find uh, Transbridge, Lantha buses and our United uh, service uh, also to, to Newark on via bus. So this was something that had had been in the making, trying to get those buses, um, that ground transportation back inside of the secure area and allow passengers to process through security right here at home and bus directly to uh, their next connection in Philadelphia aboard American. So we're happy to be in that trial at this point. I think uh, all parties are taking a good look at it to make sure this is uh, a good, clean operation and, and everyone's pleased with how it's working at this point. So we're, we're hopeful that we'll be able to continue that service. As a person who flies a lot, I got to tell you, there's no reason to not use this airport versus driving 70 or 80 miles somewhere else. Because by the time you pay for parking at another airport, I think you can park at ABE for $78 a week, something like that. Yeah. I I mean, that's a day in Newark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a little different. Or a couple days in Philly. So, uh Wow, this is a terrific opportunity for you to uh, go to where you want to go, get to where you want to get, and use all local facilities. Becky uh, or Matt, anything to wind us up with? I'd just add something anecdotally to this. The cost of the tickets to fly out of ABE are comparable, if not cheaper, Even on the major carriers, not just the more um, leisure travel that you see from Allegiant, out of ABE. And it's so much easier. I've had the same experience, just as cheap. Yep. And and it's way more convenient. Yep. You know, you can get to basically any major destination airport that will take you to wherever you need to go, whether it's uh, Atlanta or Chicago or Charlotte um, or Detroit, and then be able to go on from there. And I don't know about you, but if you're going on a long haul flight, you want to get out of that plane and walk around for a hot second before yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you continue on. So I just think that what the Lehigh Valley International Airport offers is convenience, a really high level of service, quality. It's clean. It's well run. Shout out to Tom and, and team there because it absolutely is. And, and that's evidenced by all the things that are happening. But it's also a tremendous value. And that asset class alone, just on the air component of it, is priceless. The TSA people are nice. It's quick to get through, and it sounds like it's about to get even quicker. 
Tom, excellent job, boy. It's a, it's an impressive uh, endeavor that you are continuing to create and build uh, along with all of your partners. Um, it's terrific. You, anything else you'd like to say in, in terms of a, a pitch for, for the airport? Well, I think I was going to hire uh, Becky and Matt. Uh, I think they did such a great job for their pitch. Uh, not sure what else I can really add, but I, I do. I certainly, we certainly always appreciate the community's support. It's really how we continue to grow and and get new routes. So, um, is is really utilizing the service that's already here, and that that's something that the carriers, uh, the air carriers here, certainly take notice to. So. Our charge really is to make sure we can continue to make this place uh, just so friendly and easy to use. And, and we're going to continue to do that uh, and just keep continue to make it better for the passenger experience. All right, folks, listen, when you go online to book that ticket where it says Departure City, put in ABE. And I think you'll be surprised and happy at uh, the great pricing and the convenience that you'll see. Tom, once again, thanks for being on this edition of Overtime uh, Plan Lehigh Valley. Becky, Absolutely. Thank yeah, you so much for having me. You bet. Becky and Matt, as always, thank you so much for uh, allowing us to put this show on the air. And with that, we will conclude. You are listening to WDIY 88.1 FM. And if you're listening to this, you're also listening on the app or online to WDIY. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. Have a great evening. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.